Imagine you trained in weather where you had to layer up over and over again in in blistering cold weather. In in many cases, Jake actually runs with ski goggles on, if you could imagine. <laughs> this is my first interview from up north in Canada. The majority of our interviews are from right here in South Bay. There's such a large running community. But I actually got a chance to train Jake. I was a head strength and conditioning coach at a local college up in Canada. Jake was always a hard worker. He was always there to work out. He showed up early. Never had to worry about him trying to skip out, leave early, make excuses. He came out to workouts. He worked hard every time. And I just thought it was really cool. I'm glad that we're able to stay in touch. And I've been following him on Instagram and I saw some of his running posts. And I'm always interested to see what the athletes are doing now since those strength and conditioning days but jake is still on it he's working on his family farm he's in prince edward island way east coast of canada and he's going to talk about how he gets to run in many cases he gets to see the ocean a slightly different ocean than the los angeles <laughs> the la beaches that we see down here but a super cool interview i really liked how jake talks about being an athlete a team athlete first and then transitioning into a solo sport. So he'll talk about what it's like to be a team athlete and all the obstacles there is there and then moving from there having teammates and coaches and referees to just you basically competing against yourself, hitting the pavement, getting up day in and day out and put the, putting the miles in. So I hope you enjoy this interview, and I want to thank Jake again for coming on. He did a great job for his first interview. This is Drew, and you're listening to the Transformations Through Running Podcast. All right, before we jump into the interview, I want to mention our monthly membership program at Trueform. This is where we put together meal plans, recipes, grocery shopping lists, at-home workouts. I know many times, especially as runners, don't feel like you have time to hit the gym, sit in traffic. You put in so much time and effort when it comes to running. I know that's the number one priority, but we really save help you save money when it comes to being in the grocery store, trying to find what products, what groceries you're going to be picking up. You know exactly how to prepare it with our groceries or with our easy to prepare recipes. We have group support there for you. This is online so you don't have to go wait in traffic. You don't have to sit there trying to get a machine or hang out at a gym. You can just sit in front of your computer and get all the information that you need. And then we also have at-home workouts. So again, I know that runners are mainly focused on running, but if you are interested in getting to together a fitness program, we have in their off days to help you stretch and recover. We have rollout videos, tons of workout videos. We have over 50 workout videos in our portal for you to access and we plan your workouts from monday to sunday so you know exactly what you're doing and again we have recovery days and rest days they all can be imp implemented along with your running so if you need more details head over to trueformlife.com or shoot us a message and we'll get back to you with anything any support that we can help you with all right let's get into the interview all right jake welcome to another edition of transformations through running thanks so much for being here with us Hey, thanks for having me. I uh, appreciate you uh, having me out and letting me have this opportunity to share my story. I'm excited to be a part of something so cool that you started. So here we go. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, we're excited to have you too. So thanks for taking some time for us to make this happen. I'd like to jump into the show right away so we can get our audience interested and excited about this interview. Tell us about who you are, what you do, how you got into what you're doing now. 
Okay, so uh, I'm Jacob Simmons. I'm 27 years old. I live in Point Brim, Prince Edward Island. I work on my family farm and uh, tile drainage company. Uh, I'm a former college basketball player. Uh, I just recently got back home and uh, got back into the running. What is it about running that inspires you to get out there and put in the miles? Uh, there's a lot, man, to be honest, like, there's so much to it, but when I was a kid, you know, uh, I lost my grandfather at a young age to cancer, and, uh, Terry Fox, he was a big hero in my eyes, uh, you know, he brought a lot of comfort to me when I was going through those dark times, and he was kind of a light, you know? So, Terry Fox was inspired inspired you to get out there and get some running in yeah i think you know like a lot of kids man i think that was their first real taste of it you know they had these events well coming coming from canada anyways there would always be that day where everyone would get out do their fundraising um a lot of the community would come out too and it was just something that i really wanted to be a part of at that time um, when I was younger, I was like a lanky, kind of <laughs> awkward kid. I hadn't grown into my body at the time. So, you know, I didn't have the same feelings towards running. <laughs> I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> but, like, one of the things I look forward to is being, you know, I, I would try and be the top fundraiser. That's awesome. So, our, we have a large the majority of our listening base is coming from the U.S., right around California. I'd imagine, though, this is a running podcast. I'm hoping that a lot of them know who Terry Fox is. Could you give us a few details for those that may not know who the great Terry Fox is? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, basically, Terry Fox was, uh, he was in university, Simon Fraser University in British Columbia, uh, in his 20s, he uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Uh, he eventually had to get his leg amputated because of cancer. And um, the time he spent in the hospital with other fellow cancer uh, victims and people who were fighting it kind of inspired him to go out and do something more to bring kind of attention to it because cancer really wasn't that uh, big in those times, I guess back in late 70s, early 80s. So he kind of went and thought, what could I do to bring this awareness and help others that are going through the same stuff that he's going through? So they, uh, they fit him with a prosthetic leg, and eventually he, he worked his way into running. And he came with the idea that he was going to go from one coast uh, he dipped his foot in Newfoundland, and his mission was to go from Newfoundland all the way back to Vancouver, B.C., and raise as much funds and awareness as he could uh, during this mission. Yeah, that's a, a really cool story. I, To be quite honest with you, like I knew of Terry Fox when I was younger, but it wasn't maybe only a handful of years ago that I watched the full documentary of him, and I was like, oh my gosh, what... What he went through, they didn't have proper fitting prosthetics and they really weren't meant for running and like all the pain and challenges that he went through. He's really a pioneer in the, in his own time. 
Mm-hmm. So, okay, I think he, he actually, those of our listeners that don't know the story, he didn't make it across Canada. He actually he actually had to pull out. I think he made it to Thunder Bay. Did he make it through to Thunder Bay or past that? Yeah, no, it was Thunder Bay where he, he wrapped up the, yeah. his journey. Yes, it was a tough one, but it was really tough to watch that whole that whole documentary from beginning to end. So, any of our listeners that haven't checked that out, or Terry Fox, definitely, definitely check that out if you get a chance. All right, Jake. So, tell us more about yourself. So, you started as how did you get into basketball? Were you playing all kinds of different sports, or was it just basketball in general, or specifically? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, as a kid, I was pretty competitive, man. Like. Uh, I wanted to play as much as I could. Uh, every 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 sport that was available, really, I was just out there trying to. Because you you don't know which sport you you like the most when you're a kid, right? You gotta you gotta try and figure out which things you're good at. So you played all all kinds of different ones. Did you naturally lean towards basketball? How tall are you? For our listeners, they don't know how tall you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so I'm six foot seven. So, so yeah, I've always had a natural uh, calling towards basketball. You know, what's funny to me. Like, there's a lot of runners that are shorter. <laughs> I don't want to say short. I think that might be an insult. We got a lot of runners that are shorter, but then there's a handful of runners that are that are pretty tall, and it always surprises me that because you like you're naturally bigger, it would feel like it seem like it's more challenging to get a big body moving. Do you think you have an advantage or a disadvantage? Oh, it's it's a complete disadvantage. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I was actually looking up uh, just the other day. I was like, who is just for jokes? Who is the tallest like Boston Marathon like finisher? And uh, there's not too many tall guys out there, you know. <laughs> most most of the elite guys actually are like half of my weight, like a hundred pounds, I think. I'm not sure what like the average height is. I'm I'm sure it's well below six feet though. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I have another. I have a friend that he's only he's six four, which is still tall. I'm I'm about five ten, five eleven, and uh, and he's and six four is tall to me. And he goes out and he runs and he'll do a marathon or two. And I'm like, man, how do you get your body moving for that long? It seems like it seems like you're working against yourself there. Yeah, we we, we definitely us tall folk. We definitely have the wind and gravity factor against us. <laughs> okay, so. You were playing, so did you just naturally go towards basketball because of your height, or were you just better at it? Yeah, yeah, it, it, for sure. Like, uh, well, my my dad played basketball. There's there's a lot of family history there, but it's actually funny uh, in basketball and, and had a big reason of why I like running in track. So so a lot of people don't know track and field is a close second for me in sports. And uh, part of the reason why, actually, is growing up in a small province, a small community in basketball, you know, I would always hear this back talk, oh, he's only good because he's tall, <laughs> or, or, or such and such. So track and field became my way of saying, oh, okay, now you got to go against me. There's no balls, there's no, there's no nothing, it's just pure athletic ability, right? <laughs> so I, I would look forward to those track beats. To see those guys improve myself. So is that what got you into running? Like you were easy, like a bit easier getting into basketball, and then you're like, "Well, I got to show them that it's not just basketball. I'm gonna I'll beat them on the track as well." Well, I always did like a little bit of, of running for to, to stay in shape for basketball, 
just like cardio. But track and field was kind of at, at the end after basketball season. Cause, so that was kind of like the cherry on top. <laughs> okay, so tell me about, you mentioned something previously about how as an athlete or a team member, you have your teams and there's different factors, but as a, as a runner, it's just you. Oh yeah, that, that's another thing I love about running. It's I find it's just such a pure sport. Like it's it's just you. You put your running shoes on, go outside the door, and get after it, right? Like for basketball, for example, there's there's coaches, there's referees. Sometimes you're not going to agree with a referee's call down in the final minutes. Just recently, actually, I had a men's league final and. Uh, <laughs> let's just say a few of the boys on my team weren't too happy with the results. And, they, in, in, go, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that that's, I mean, I think that's, um, that's pretty cool from a teammate perspective because I think a lot of runners get into running because they weren't on a team. That's why I liked your perspective of going from a team to an individual sport. Yeah, well, it's 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 a whole different like type of competition. You're you're going against yourself, and it's and it's what you can do, like how how you can improve from on what you're doing from one day to another. And you don't need another teammate. You don't need gym time. You don't need referees. It's there's less excuses. You know, you can just go out and 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 do it. How often are you running right now? Uh, pretty much every day a week. Um, I have days that are definitely harder than other days. How long are you running for? Uh, I try to do, if I'm not tapering or if I'm not injured, I'll try and do like 10, 10 miles a day, 16 kilometers. Okay. And then, so do you have certain runs that you have set up in advance that you're working towards? Or races, I should uh, say? Yeah, actually, uh, I have a half marathon in Newfoundland coming up uh, next Tuesday, actually. You feeling ready for it? Uh, Kind of. (laughs) I'm half in the mode of tapering right now. I'm kind of trying to get those a couple extra last miles. (laughs) It's a, a delicate balance. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and then on your or your full time when you're not doing your when you're not training for running, you're working on the family farm. Yeah, I'm, uh, so we have a mixed berry farm. We have uh, cranberries, highbush blueberries, raspberries, cherries, and some black currants. So I'm helping out with that a lot of the time. And uh, when I'm not doing that, I help out with the family tile drainage business. What is that? Uh, it's also related to agriculture. Um, we go to other farmers' fields that are kind of like muddy or too wet to otherwise farm. And we go in there with uh, the tile, which is a plastic pipe. It goes under, we install it underneath the ground, underneath like those wet spots. And it kind of, it, it just drains all the excess uh, surface water. So that those farmers can get in, they can seed earlier, they can harvest earlier, and and their yields are going to go up too as well. So is that something that you enjoy, or is it just something you fell into because it's your family? Uh, 
You know, it's it's funny. It's it's one of those things. It's a love hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's real tough work, but I love being outside all the time. I'm pretty much at my own devices. You know, I work at my own pace. Uh, it's it's physical. It's it's like a workout as my day job. So when I'm done a day's work, I don't go to lift the weights. I just go and run. I feel I feel like I had a full day. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the the berries. That's super interesting to me because I eat a lot of berries. Where we do a lot of nutrition work. What are you actually doing with them? Like you picking them, growing them, everything. Yeah, growing them, picking them. Um, the only thing we're not doing really is is uh, doing our own like value added stuff at this moment. That's something I really want to get into down the line. Maybe some smoothies or juices. So uh, yeah, I don't know what you mean by value added. You're gonna turn that into a smoothie and sell it at the store or something? Yeah, like I want to process it myself, like on uh, on site. So. And how long is your how long have you guys had a family farm for? Uh, on PEI, we've had it since 2000, so 20 years, I think. I've only been to PEI one time. It seemed pretty small. Do you run out of places to run? <laughs> is that a ridiculous question? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I try and switch it up. Um, you know, like, I can. If I'm just staying around my farm... There's a lot of cool places around there. Like every, the nice thing about PEI is no matter where you go, you're only 15 minutes away from the water. So like, it's it's really nice this time of the year with the wind whipping off the ice. It's not so nice. So I'm, <laughs> this time of the year, I try and do a lot of uh, trail running. The trees take a lot of that wind factor out for me. Why don't you take us through what it's like? So right now we started this podcast in California. And if it's cool in any way, everyone complains. <laughs> Most of our runners only run in shorts and t-shirts, maybe a sweater. <laughs> oh, man, you're making me so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you explain to our, to our listening base here that's in large part Southern California, tell them what it's like for you to go out in uh, a bit colder weather. Uh, well, first, first thing I do, I, I usually like to get my morning runs in. So the first thing I do is I go, I wake up and I go right to the window to see what the wind is doing. <laughs> if I see trees moving sideways, I know I got to layer up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what that layering looks like. Cause I'm telling you that a lot of people around here have no idea. All right. So, uh, I'm probably going to wear, uh, some tights. Uh, some shorts underneath uh, some either sweatpants or splash pants depending on how severe the wind is then I'm gonna have like a tank top probably or a t-shirt and then a long sleeve over that maybe a sweatshirt and then a windbreaker <laughs> and, uh, my personal favorite is the ski goggles you running ski goggles? Oh yeah, really? Ski <laughs> goggles, mittens, full hat, full winter toque. Oh man! So for our U.S. listeners in Canada, we call a beanie a toque. <laughs> do you um, 
Do you have? Did you send us a picture in of you running in goggles? Uh, not sure if I did, but I, I definitely can send you one. Okay. I have a few. We'll link that to the show notes here. So if you guys are those of you listening as a podcast, head over to trueformlife.com slash transformations through running and we'll show you a picture of Jake in his ski goggles and he's all, all layered up. It sounds like you're running in the Arctic up there, but that's Canada. That's how that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's January till almost April. <laughs> it's supposed to be spring here now, but I don't they haven't told me. <laughs> <laughs> no one told the weather? Yeah. Okay, so for you to, to get in those runs in the morning what is that mindset like it's freezing out you got to layer up sometimes you got ski goggles on how do you make yourself get up in the morning and go get that run in uh well actually um not long ago last well last year around this time i found this cool app it's called uh, charity miles and uh they actually donate a portion for every mile you run to a charity of your choice and I think it's 25 cents if you run or walk that mile and 10 cents if you bike. So that that's in itself has really got me to go out. Like, and not just getting out there. Once I'm out there, I want to do longer because I can really calculate up how much money I'm putting towards a charity. And as, as a guy that just came out of college and has student loans and stuff, like that's just pure effort. That's not even dipping into my own pocket, and I have a way to give back. That's awesome. I've never heard of that. What do you do? You have any charities that you pick in particular, or just randomly choose one? Um, yeah, actually, uh, one of my favorites for this app is the World Food Organization. Um, it's something as a farmer, I really feel strongly about. Um, it bothers me a lot that there's there's kids and family around the world that are going hungry. When I see how the farmers aren't getting great prices some years you know and and they're they're hurting too and then these supermarkets they're the, the middlemen are making all the money upsizing their their buildings and stuff and it's just something that i want to be able to do more as i get older to kind of combat how are you guys selling your your berries right now uh, we do, we do a lot of farmers markets. Uh, we try and do as much through local venues as possible. Um, there's a local processing company that takes quite a bit of our stuff from our wet harvest. Um, there there's some grocery stores we are in into, but yeah, we try we try and do as much around uh, locally as possible. That's awesome. I'm a big fan of local farmers markets. I go to farmers markets every week here. We're pretty fortunate in Southern California. You can find one just about every day of the week. <laughs> but so, what are you guys doing with your berries? They, or what's your growing season? I should probably ask. Uh, growing season is uh, well. Uh, cranberries are perennials, so they, their vines just they just kind of go dormant under the snow. And then when the snow melts, they come back alive again, and uh, we harvest around the end of April, or sorry, end of October, around Halloween season. Yeah, and then do you have any of that product to sell? Do you freeze it or anything later in the year, or is it? Are you not doing anything with the farm? Yeah, we have, uh, we have our own cold storage in our barn, so we can keep a lot of fresh product. 
Um, after a few months, though, we, we try and freeze it because the quality doesn't uh, keep as well. What, it seems like farmer and running <laughs> don't, uh, how do you say, don't relate so well. But one of my uncles is a farmer. I grew up in Alberta, too. We know lots of farmers. I don't know any other farmer that runs, certainly not like you do. Does that um, does that make you want to stand out and be a farmer runner more, or are you or am I completely wrong? There's a lot of people in your community that run too and farm. Uh, I don't know, uh, not necessarily my age that I know, of, but I can see like for me, it's one thing relates to another. You know, I'm out in the field doing physical work for for long hours at a time. You know, it's it is really endurance work. So that mindset can can relate a lot to when I'm just hitting the roads or hitting. The roads. What does recovery look like for you? You're you're running sixteen clicks a day, pretty much every day of the week. Are you taking an off day? Uh, no, not really. Unless like my body's like screaming at me to stop. <laughs> and what? So I what? Try is... and do, Go I ahead. try and do a lot of uh, foam rolling. And uh, recently, actually, I've been doing a hot tub and sauna circuit. Seems to be working good for my legs. So what does that look like? Uh, I'll go into the hot tub, and uh, I'll go in there for 15 minutes. And I'll get out. I'll, I'll dose myself pretty good in a cold shower. So I get that shock uh, change. And then I'll, I'll go into the sauna for another 15 minutes. And I'll keep doing that and basically until I, it's too hot for me to handle it. You just go back and forth? Yeah. And you feel like your legs are fresher that way? Mm-hmm. Nice. I've heard, I've heard like physio, physio people have called it like uh, contrast bathing. I've known for like swollen ankles and stuff, they, that's what they would tell me to do when I was playing basketball. Yeah, hot, cold. That's a regular thing just to get the blood flowing to that area. Mm-hmm. When I when I was playing, we w- I would sit in an ice bath for fifteen minutes. That was uh, horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, that was some days we were doing two a days, and um, some like I felt like my legs were gonna fall off some days playing in a speed position. And then after I was at, after I got out of that ice bath, maybe twenty minutes later, once the blood came back. It was, I felt so fresh. I felt like I could go back out there. It's probably the only thing that got me back out there some days. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was big on the ice baths when I was at uh, Olds, actually. Olds College. That was where I was doing ice baths all the time. I didn't even know they had ice baths there. Were they downstairs? They had this, like, horse trough thing. <laughs> we would just fill it with ice and <laughs> make our own. <laughs> Old college style. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so um, I'm, those of you that don't know, I was doing strength and conditioning for Jake and some of the other athletes there at the college. So some things were entertaining that happened there. <laughs> All right, so Jake, I want to ask you about one of the most challenging runs. I like to ask our runners this: if you can take us there visually one of the most challenging runs that you went through 
mentally, how were you able to push through? Or maybe it was a great learning experience and you weren't able to push through, but that took you to other races and runs in the future. Okay, so uh, the one I could think of right off the top of my bat was my first crack at a marathon this fall. Man, I was in a world of pain. <laughs> it's funny because before I I'd heard from so many people, it's like this is gonna be like a mental war, like it's gonna be attrition, like you you you, you cannot prepare enough. So I was reading like every running book I could get my hands on. It was crazy. And still, <laughs> still, you don't know. Like, they talk about this wall, this invisible wall you're going to hit. <laughs> Until you hit that thing, man, you have no idea. <laughs> so tell me, where where was the run at? Where was the race? Uh, the, the race was uh, here on PEI. Uh, it was in September, mid-September. Did, did you train for it? Did you feel like you were properly prepared before you started? <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, bought this book actually from the library. It was a, uh, what's it called? Running my first marathon or something, some 20 week plan. <laughs> Basically, marathon for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't help you out? <laughs> no. It, it's crazy because, like, all this stuff, like, I had visualized in my mind, like, I was literally ready for almost every situation except like my arms were the first things to fail on me. Really? So, yeah, it was like such a shock. I was like losing circulation in my arms and like trying to stretch mid run. And there's like no blood flow to the arm. It was just feel felt like I was carrying a dead arm on like my right arm just completely shut down on me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's never happened before? No, it never happened before. And the worst thing about it is, like, we're ha this happened, like, probably 20 kilometers in. And um, the interesting thing about this marathon is it was part road and part trail. So I'm, by the time I get to the trail, I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> and how far have you had you ran before this? marathon uh, I, was doing, I was doing like i think my longest run before was 33 kilometers i did like most of the course for the marathon route it was just crazy like my mind like your mind is screaming at you to quit like every possible excuse you might have had over your lifetime just comes into your mind <laughs> just trying to blot that out like no like shut up <laughs> So what, how were you able to get through? You just kept focusing on one step after the other? No, uh, I, I like to do this thing where I just I go back in my mind and to overwhelm all those negative thoughts, I go back to another time in my life where I might have overcame something, uh, a tough time. Um, for me, for this specific one, it was, it was overcoming my meniscus tear. So I will put myself in the mind state where I'm I'm at I'm at work doing some tile drainage stuff, my knees busted, but I'm out there, you know, you keep, there's no going home early until the day's the job is done. <laughs> so I kind of tapped into that a little bit. I was like, we're, we're here, we're halfway through, nobody's going to help you here now. <laughs> you got to do it yourself. 
Yeah, and I, I also drew on, I definitely drew from my grandfather. I, I said a few prayers halfway through. <laughs> Tried to draw on his strength. He, he, was definitely with, he, he was definitely with me that day. There's no way I was finishing without him. <laughs> yeah, I did this. I went out and did this half marathon for the first time without any proper training. And I and my hands started to swell and my feet were swelling and I was like, what's ha- like what's happening? Like, I had no idea. Like I never read a book or never trained for anything. I was like, what? Like what's happening to my hands? What's going on with my feet? It was such a weird sensation. I couldn't imagine my whole arm going limp. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's crazy, man. Because like your body is literally screaming at you from every portion, and then you gotta combat your mind too. It's just so many moving parts. And I think that's why I was drawn to the marathon, though, like, the unknown of what, how many things could go wrong over, like, 42 kilometers, you know, it's hard to fathom. <laughs> so do you have any goals that you're working towards now? I know you mentioned Boston, you're looking at the tallest, the tallest finishers. Is there anything that you got your goals or your eyes set on for a future goal? Uh... Well, anybody that's into marathons, that's one thing they they think of. You know, you're looking up qualifying times, but for me, that's that's like three to three to five years down the road. If if everything is perfect and and training continues the way it is, um, right now though, honestly, I'm uh, I'm I've got my second marathon on the horizons. That's May 10th in Fredericton. That's the big one right now. Uh, well, after I finish this half marathon in Newfoundland, if I survive that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know it was so... I just seen pictures of you running all the time. I didn't know that the marathons were so new, but that's fantastic. So you got your second one coming up here after your half marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well I should kind of tell you about that. Um, there's a, a series The Running Room puts on. It's a Canadian shoe apparel, and like they do like training programs through their stores for uh, new runners. They have this half marathon series. It's called the Hypothermic Half Marathon. And right now, I'm going through each one in the Atlantic provinces. So Newfoundland will be my fourth and final one. The Hypothermic Half Marathon. Yeah. Sounds like something I don't want any part of. <laughs> they got any warm named marathons going on? It's probably the, that's the challenge of like being in Canada. And there's so much. I mean, you gotta you gotta learn to run in the cold, and you gotta be able to handle that. If you're just running in warm weather, it's not gonna happen up there. Yeah, unless unless you really like treadmills, or you got a timeshare somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. All right, Jake, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to cover before we wrap things up here? Uh, No, I I think that pretty much covers it. Awesome. So if anyone wants to follow you, I know you're on social media there. Do you want to let us know where they could check you out, maybe follow along your runs or see what you're up to? Yeah, so uh, at Venomous VO2 is uh, my Instagram. You can follow along there. I got some stories show you what I'm up to on my day-to-day. Awesome, Jake. Thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate your time and your stories and running. All the best in your in your future 
marathons coming up. We look forward to hearing how things are going with you. Thanks. I appreciate it. Really, it's been an honor to be a part of this. All right. That's going to wrap things up for this edition of Transformations Through Running. Thanks to Jake for coming on and sharing his time with us, his stories. Hopefully that he's going to keep moving, keep rocking, keep doing his thing, running in his cold weather temperatures. I hope you. I wish you all the best, Jake. I hope to stay in touch. And listeners, thank you so much for being here as well. Thank you for sticking around till the end. Thanks for being a part of our True Form Life community. If you'd like to follow us along, you can subscribe to our podcast. We had someone recently that was like, I never knew why you wanted me to subscribe to your podcast, but I subscribed and I get these notifications when a new show is released, so I started subscribing to a bunch of other ones. <laughs> so that definitely helps us out. That lets us know that... We do have subscribers. We do have people looking forward to shows each week. The conversations that I have with the running club, that means a lot to let, again, for people to know that this show is out there and people are tuning in and listening. It gives us the opportunity to keep working and bring on new guests. And we have some more people lined up here in the near future so you can get excited for more transformation excuse me transformations through running podcast coming your way soon we're trying to publish each week i think we've been doing a pretty good job staying on track every friday morning we've been getting these posts or getting these shows out there you can follow along at trueformlife.com that's our main website that's where you can find all these past shows you can also find us on spotify stitcher um People, someone just told me they listen to Google Podcasts. Oh, there's so many platforms out there. I hopefully we're on all of them. If we're not on one of them, then you want us to be. Let us know, and we will do our best to get on that platform as well. We're at Facebook.com/slash/TrueFormLife. This is where we put up recipes. We put up fitness stuff, perspective. I'm trying to change your mindset from thinking outside the box on a regular basis. We post these podcasts and my radio show, Exploring Mind and Body, up on those platforms as well in case you miss them, in case you're not subscribed and you're not notified. And if you get a chance, check out Exploring Mind and Body. We've got all kinds of shows. I've been on there air for 10 years with that show. We've got all kinds of amazing guests that I've had on over the years on that show as well, so you can definitely check out that show as well. We're on also on Instagram, instagram.com slash Drew Tadia. Posting on a regular basis, we're throwing up pictures and posts on our story, just trying to keep you motivated, keep you con- con- to continue to consider your nutrition, your fitness levels, recovery for running, everything that we're doing, we're trying to help you improve your health in one way or another, so... Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in. And again, thank you for being a part of our community. That's it. I hope to catch you on the next show.